Guys, on the 10th, the 10th of October is World Hospice and Palliative Care Day. It's a really special day and we'll find out more through the course of the hour. And I'm very pleased to welcome onto the show two ladies who are involved with palliative care. Dr. Rajam K. Ayer is pulmonologist and palliative care physician at Bhatia and Hinduja Hospitals. Uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Ayer. Wonderful Thank to see you. you. And I hope your, your family and you are safe and healthy. During Thank this you pandemic. very much. Thank you, Rishi, for a, having us on this show and for your concern. It really means a lot during this pandemic. Thank Thank you so much. And Paul Wadia is Associate Program Director at Romila Palliative Care. Nice to see you. Same question to you. I hope your family, friends and yourself, you're healthy and safe. Yes, all good, Rishi. Thank you so much. Let's start with Dr. Ayer. Given your background, just give us a precursor to what is palliative care and its significance in the midst of what we're seeing, the coronavirus pandemic. Thank you so much, Rishi, again, and hope you and your family are also safe. To begin with, I think palliative care has always been berated and uh, neglected field of medicine. And everybody thinks people need to be referred to palliative care when you've given up or when there's nothing to do or when the patient is terminally ill. So I think everybody, including the society, the community, as well as the healthcare professionals, think that palliative care is something that you do only when nothing else is there to be done. While palliative care, the meaning of the word palliative is to cloak and that's exactly what we do is comfort and support the patient and the family along their journey of any chronic illness which probably doesn't have a cure or which is progressive so we address health-related suffering of patients and their family. As most of us at this age group would have probably cared for some loved one, realize it's not just the patient who goes through, but the entire family goes through the trauma that the patient experiences. And it's not just physical, Rishi. It is emotional, psychological, spiritual, and many times financial trauma that the patient goes through. And this is exactly what palliative care does, addresses the total pain of the patient. And in a nutshell, it is basically a compassionate way to deal medicine. Medicine is not something that is done to people. Medicine should be something where the patient and the family partake in decisions and it has to be a shared decision making because what is good for me may not be good for you and it has to be a shared decision making not with doctors sitting on their high horse and saying in my experience this is what needs to be done but it needs to be asked to the patient of what exactly is good for him and his family following medical ethics. So that is the significance of palliative care, that it is something that we are with the patient from in his journey, difficult journey, and not just looking at his physical symptoms, but looking at him as a human being, not just the disease, but a person. So that, ex that is what we want to focus in palliative care. And answering your question about its relevance in the pandemic, I think the pandemic actually has made brought a sharp focus about death and dying in this whole past six months and it's still evolving we are still learning from how the coronavirus behaves and that is the reason why I would say that none of us neither the patients nor the community nor the society nor the politicians nor the healthcare professionals or the administrators of the hospital were prepared for this pandemic and therefore we are now stunned with overwhelming patients limited resources a lot of patients suddenly become ill we don't have the wherewithal to look after all these patients that is where the focus of palliative care comes because we now need to look at patients with the medical ethics and triage patients to those who should be put in intensive care who should be treated aggressively and not all patients because we don't have the bandwidth to do that
that. That is where medical ethics and I think that is where all healthcare professionals need to wear a palliative care hat on. I mean, the past few months and weeks, I have seen devastating tsunami of suffering. That's what the pandemic has gotten unprecedented grief, sorrow, loss at all levels. It's been a leveler across the socioeconomic um, strata of society. I mean, to quote you an example, I've been with an elderly lady in a hospital where I had to go, well, she was recovering from COVID. I had to break the bad news that while she was in hospital, she had lost two of her sons at age 40 and 50. Just imagine the calamity that that old lady had to bear just before she went home. At the same time, what we also do in palliative care is handhold a young doctor who had his mother in the ICU for six weeks due to COVID and since there was no signs of recovery the family in distraught and desperation asked us what else can we do how can we keep watching my mother suffer like this of course to a mounting bills and financial problems and this is where we supported the family helped them decide to withdraw care and see to it that she at least got dignity in death and also some comfort towards end of life because there's so much suffering the least we can do as doctors is to acknowledge the suffering address it I appreciate that we do not have solutions but we need to be there to support the patients and family as well as each other the amount of burnout and the moral distress that doctors are going through is tremendous so it's a time where I appeal to everybody to be kind and compassionate to each other because it is now more than ever. That's very sensitively explained. You want to add to this, Mrs. Vadia? It's so obvious from what Dr. Ayer said that palliative care is absolutely relevant. Why has it not been given much awareness and importance thus far till this wake-up call happened? Yeah, so there are various reasons, uh, Rishi. And if you look at the palliative care movement, it started as late as the mid-80s. And even today, there's hardly any awareness about palliative care and the resources that are available. And what is estimated is that today, in the 6 million people that in India that require palliative care, barely 2% have access to it. And there are various reasons. One of the main features, which barriers which we feel, is that the medical education system. The education system teaches the doctors that they have to save a life till the end, no matter what. They don't have to worry about the consequences. Right till the end, they have to focus on saving the life of the patient. And they don't realize you know, the relevance of palliative care. They feel that if they refer the patient to palliative care, that means they have failed. And they have to refer the patient to palliative care only when cure is no longer possible. And even patients feel, are we giving up on our patient when we are taking the patient for palliative Care. So there is this whole misunderstanding that palliative care is end of life. But the reality is that palliative care actually starts from the beginning, right? Just like Dr. Raja mentioned, right from the time of diagnosis, when the patient is diagnosed, it's the treating doctor as well as the palliative care team, which works along with the patient and the caregivers to support the family totally. So that they work as a team and support the patient to look after the patient and reduce the kind of suffering that Dr. Rajam was talking about. So all these years, we have really it has really been neglected. Secondly, also there's always been this focus that palliative care is only limited to cancer it's restricted to cancer but we all know that it's all, for all kinds of diseases that limit life and even for non-malignant uh, diseases and i'm sure dr rajam will be able to expand on that what do you think dr rajam like for you know non-cancer cases and palliative care would you like to elaborate on that so i'd, I'd like to interrupt sure. here i'd like to interrupt here yes. i'm guilty of this 
Till I met you fine ladies, I also thought that palliative care is restricted to cancer patients. When in fact, you know, now I learn that it covers any illness that shortens life. So now I'd like you to proceed and talk about its role in, in non-malignant conditions. Uh, Dr. Ayer, would you elaborate on that, please? Sure. Thanks, both Rishi and Pauru. Now, you're not the only one who's guilty, Rishi. Even medical professionals think that it's only meant for cancer and that too, just before they're about to die or that is advanced cancers. Now, the difference between giving a patient a cancer diagnosis and a non-cancer diagnosis, say, for example, dementia or Parkinson's or something like an advanced smoking related lung disease. Patient perceives cancer to be life limiting. Patients do not perceive non-cancer conditions to be life limiting. So when you give a patient a diagnosis, say of breast cancer, the woman or the man has already started to think that my clock starts ticking now. I have to do X, num X, Y, Z before I die. But if you diagnose a patient to be having dementia, he automatically thinks, okay, my neurologist will give me X medications and you know, I will be fine. Nobody thinks of dementia as a life limiting, life changing diagnosis. So the neurologist also contacts the thinks about not to do anything when the patient is bedridden or not able to swallow or is completely dependent on family. What would be beautiful is in every system, doctors need to realize the limitations because we cure only one third of the condition. We are not able to cure the other two thirds. For example, diabetes, asthma, dyslipidemia, which is high cholesterol. We only control these diseases. There are a huge number of conditions like cancer, or for example, advanced smoking related lung disease, or as a chest specialist, I see interstitial lung diseases where it leads to pulmonary fibrosis. Again, a very common complication. Now we are seeing post COVID pneumonia, where the lung just heals with florid fibrosis and it's incompatible with life. Secondly, the other things like elderly age group, we have patients who live up to 90 and 92. They have nothing wrong, but they are going to die. These are the category of patients we really need to focus on start integrating palliative care with the specialist so that we like doc, like Pauru mentioned work as a team it's not that the patient is abandoned once nephrologist or neurologist has nothing to do he throws it towards palliative care however it will be brilliant if we could marry specialities into palliative care take the patient's journey and the troubles along with the family and integrate it so that we are a support through the difficult journey because what very beautifully expressed by Dame Cicely Saunders who is the founder of the modern palliative and hospice care movement she said that the memories of the way our loved ones die is etched in those who live on and we really need to give that quality of life till death because it's difficult to watch a loved one suffer whoever it may be, and worse so if he's elderly, frail. So it is very, very important to integrate palliative care into all specialties, include in the curriculum for healthcare professionals, because it's nothing but compassion. It is something that doctors did 100 years ago before modern medicine was discovered. Now that we have ventilators and ECMO and dialysis, we think that we need to subject every patient through all that. We can't treat an 18-year-old and an 80-year-old in the same manner. And we need to include and involve patients' values and beliefs. Everybody is different. Everybody's needs are different. And palliative care is need-based. And that is what is bringing back humanity into medicine, which is far lacking these days. So I think it's very, very relevant in all chronic illnesses, 
but unfortunately covid is not a chronic illness and we do not have the time to form that rapport with patients it's an acutely deteriorating disease one all of us are in ppe so patient doesn't know whether he's talking to class 3 class 4 sweeper a nurse or a doctor another worst thing is that the patient is not with his family around him so the isolation the separation affects the decision making hence it is important it's my appeal to people with elderly and those with comorbid conditions to start talking to your family about death and dying it is not that if you talk about it it's going to happen to you as thought and it's a therefore a taboo subject i sincerely think that not talking about it is much more complicated and really troubles everybody in the end the patient the family and the doctor it helps a lot to have these discussions because death is inevitable but a bad death is avoidable and that's the focus of palliative care I'm in conversation this morning with Dr. Rajam K. Ayer, pulmonologist and palliative care physician at Bhatia and Hinduja Hospitals and Pouruchistiwadia, who's Associate Program Director at Romila Palliative Care. We're leading up to World Hospice and Palliative Care Day, also on the 10th, the day that is acknowledged as World Hospice and Palliative Care Day, is a webinar which you shall find out more about during the course of this show. If you want to contribute your services or if you want to reach out for help for yourself or anybody else as far as palliative if care is concerned they're available on facebook instagram as well as twitter on facebook it's mumbai palliative care network you spell palliative as p a l i a t i v e and on instagram again it's the mumbai palliative care network so facebook.com and instagram.com/mumbai palliative care network there's also a twitter handle which is sneha mumbai sneha mumbai So Mrs Wadia let's break it down now how does palliative care support the caregivers and the family members yeah so i would first like to say that how in palliative care you don't look at the patients only as the disease you look at the patient as a whole so you don't look at the patient in isolation he has a whole family he has a primary caregiver so we look at it him in the him or her in a context and very often when there's any person in the family who has such a serious illness it impacts the whole family the whole family's life is goes topsy turvy and the caregiver very often their whole routine is goes round in just looking after the patient's needs so they sometimes forget the of you know the life of their own so what we do in palliative care is we give total support even to the caregiver and the family members one is to ensure that they are supported they don't have kind of a burnout which they would experience if they're so totally involved only with the caregiver at all times it is so important to also deal with their psychosocial and spiritual aspects because it's important just like for the patient they are in denial they are in anger you need to move them to a stage of acceptance similarly with the caregivers you also have to deal with all their fears their emotions and support them The other thing that we do is we train them to look after the patient because in the past they had no experience. So we train them in how to look after the hygiene aspect, the the wound management, how to prevent bed sores. So they are confident and they're happy and it doesn't disturb them or distress them. So they're confident in looking after the patient who's having this life-limiting illness. Besides that, as we continue to support the family even post the death, because palliative care does not stop after the death of the patient. Even after the death, the caregiver and the family is supported for bereavement, grief counseling, and help them back, you know, to go back to society once the patient is no more. So palliative care is not restricted to looking at the patient only, and you know, restricting itself to the disease, but to the entire family. It's a total care, 
and there are various models of providing this kind of palliative care as it may not be understood can be provided in a hospital a hospice there are daycare centers we like ramilla palliative care and pal care we provide home based care there is nk dhabar foundation which provides the you know daycare center for the for the caregivers so we have various uh, different models which support the caregivers in different ways and there are counselors who deal with it especially in cases of dementia it's not the, the patient has no clue but it's the caregiver who's going through so much of an ordeal we have volunteers who support us so sometimes the volunteers would just take the patient for a walk so that the caregiver gets a respite because they have no respite at all so our whole focus is ensuring that the entire family is has a quality of life not just the patient i just doctor, want to yeah. add to this sure, sure. Uh, would you like to add yeah so uh, add on this doctor yeah pauru when she mentioned about bereavement and that again in the focus of the pandemic it's become so complex because obviously the patient is dying alone sometimes there is no family even in the country children are not able to come to the country and there have been cases of friends of mine who have just watched the funeral you know by zoom and they are now distraught and devastated at the thought that next time they come they will see their parent or their loved one in an in an urn with their ashes so it's extremely complex the grief has become difficult there is no closure because they have not seen the body or they are not able to participate in rituals or just that final goodbye a hug is not possible during the covid so it's going to be the next surge or the next pandemic in question is going to be mental health because people are suffering at various losses and it could include even a loss of job loss of role you know loss of a loved one at the end of the pandemic you have families wiped out you know because of the pandemic so this is something which has to be really addressed and acknowledged that you know palliative care is a very significant role to help these family heal because we can't offer cure everywhere we must offer comfort and we must offer care as well as the healing that patients and families need to go through so can't over emphasize the need of palliative care in any illness doctor here people sometimes worry that opioids prescribed for pain control can lead to addiction and even today the opioid phobia exists and you know they always say that google is is not a great teacher as far as medicine is concerned but people tend to add on to that phobia by constantly googling these items would you like to comment on that please i'm so glad that you brought this up because Four years ago, if you had asked me, I would have probably agreed with that. Again, like Pauru mentioned earlier, we are not trained to treat patients with opioid. We know about opioid from what we see in movies, films, and documentaries that it causes addiction. Opioids, when used in safe doses, and opioids when used in the presence of indication, for example, like severe cancer pain or acute breathlessness or chronic. breathlessness in patients who are on optimum treatment for their lung and heart conditions when used with indication it does not cause addiction it is like giving insulin to a diabetic because they need it so the morphine attaches itself to receptors where it will not be circulating freely in the blood to cause addiction so if you and me take it unindicated yes it will cause addiction but patients with chronic breathlessness and patients with severe pain when given in the right doses and taught to monitor side effects for example drowsiness it does it's very very safe and it's actually a wonder drug patients turn around and bless us for at least 
even if not able to cure them at least manage to do those small pleasures of life like probably completing a sentence on the phone with a loved one or sitting at the table and having a meal with the loved one it's just that their disease is so overwhelming that even these small pleasures are snatched from them and if we can give them back this small quality of life it speaks volumes not just for the patient towards his end of life but also for the family so opioids are not taught to us in pharmacology and therefore doctors patients and families have this fear of having opioids and becoming a druggy or a drug addict which is obviously something we don't want our patients to be so i have a lot of my patients who are on opioids for breathlessness for 8 or 9 months and they're able to do small pleasures in life that they have been denied and they actually turn back and say that thank you so much for improving the quality of life that i never thought i would experience so this is something again we need to include in our medical training now i'd like to tell all of you who are watching or listening that the mumbai palliative care network is actually a network of 15 organizations and individuals and they're working towards the cause of palliative care in maharashtra now romila palliative care center is represented here by mrs wadia but the ngo sneha is also a prominent part of the network and also lots of doctors non medical professionals foundations so now let's talk about the network itself mrs wadia what are you trying to do right so uh, just to uh, give you a background when dr fernandez started the romila palliative center in 2017 in the memory of her daughter romila she realized that there are very few service providers of palliative care in mumbai she felt that it was so important for us to pool our resources rather than all work in isolation and thus the network was formed and you spoke about this network which has a lot of eminent doctors organizations which i already talked about and what we are really trying to do through this network is raise awareness on the issue of palliative care because that is something which i keep stressing is not there currently we uh, so uh, with lay persons we also as dr rajam also has been saying among medical professionals we try to train various stakeholders and medical professionals are an important stakeholder in that so we train various stakeholders raise awareness we work very closely with the maharashtra uh, the uh, nhm the national health mission which on uh, with the government in order to advocate for the implementation of the maharashtra palliative care policy to ensure that you know the government makes sure that it works and does something which is in, in, uh, implements the policy we have in collaboration with them conducted training programs at the district level conducted tots for them in, to ensure that palliative care reaches at the district level every year so this happens on a regular basis but every year on the second saturday of october is the um, international day for hospice and palliative care day that we have been talking about and it falls on the 10th of october this this month we would like so every year we raise awareness on this day and this year we are doing a webinar from 5:30 to 6:30 the details of the facebook page have been shared to you so we can always please follow our facebook page where we, you will learn about our webinar which we are hosting and we through this webinar we want to raise awareness to the lay person who has absolutely no clue of what palliative care is all about i also want to add that we are also starting a certificate course on palliative care it's along with the institute the life supporters institute of health sciences it's starting from october 17th to the mid december so this is also a course that we are starting as part of our initiative to raise awareness and train various stakeholders on palliative care so we really request all the viewers to log into the webinar and learn much more about palliative care and 
from what we have learned today. Okay, I just want to add to this. The Mumbai Palliative Care Network presents uh, an interesting and interactive discussion. It's My Care, My Comfort. That's what they've titled it on the occasion of World Hospice and Palliative Care Day. It's happening, uh, like Mrs. Wadia said, on this, on Saturday the 10th, 5.30 to 6.30. I already noticed one of my friends in there, Coco Konkana Sen Sharma. Dr. Ayer is also on the panel. Would you like to add on to a couple of other people and, you know, their their knowledge and their skill set? Mrs. Wadia, Dr. Ayer. Dr. Rajam, would you like to say? So the other panelists are Dr. Baman Dhabar, who's part of the OnCare, who's an oncologist and who's part of the OnCare uh, group. The other panelist is uh, Sonalini Mirchandani, who is also a communications expert. And we also have Dr. Marianne Mukadan, who actually started palliative care in Mumbai city. She's retired from Tata Memorial Hospital as the head of palliative care, uh, Parel, and now is working at Kalwa Hospital, a branch of the Tata Memorial. So, uh, you know, I always grew up listening to my grandfather saying, Anayasena Maranam Vina Dainiena Jeevanam. And to me, it now makes sense where he always prayed for a death without suffering and a life without diseases and that is what I always talk to my patients when I talk to them about death and dying because we need to be more direct and not shove it under the carpet what I really feel is nobody stands in front of the altar and prays to the Lord that please take me to ICU please do everything you know put tubes in every orifice and see to it that I'll survive despite everything so that's not what human beings want and I think a good conversation with the patient and the family done sensitively, timely and effectively much before the event. You know, it's very scary to do it outside the ICU door. We all know that it will happen one day. And if you have a loved one or an elderly who is ill with a chronic illness, you know there is no cure or it's progressive, I suggest you please have a conversation because they're waiting to have it. And it's very, very important to acknowledge their values beliefs and fears and give them what they need and give them what they gave us while we were growing up which is dignity and respect and that's all they need towards the end of life so it's yeah. very very important well to keep said. their journey comfortable well said get on to facebook and instagram on the search bar you just have to type mumbai palliative care network Mumbai Palliative Care Network and their social media handles will pop up. You can also reach out there to find out how you can be part of this webinar. Obviously not as a panelist because the panelists have decided but at least go and watch it. On Twitter they're at Sneha Mumbai. This has been a very insightful conversation. Thank you very much Dr. Ayer, Mrs. Wadia for your time, your patience and keep up the great work that you're doing in the sphere of palliative care. Cheers. Thank you, Thank you. very Thank much. You so Thank you for being our media Thank to reach the world. Thanks a lot for this opportunity. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much.